podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social, in association with Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. I'm delighted to be joined here with the Gad himself, Gareth A. Davies. How are you this fine Tuesday afternoon, sir? Very well, thank you. Sponsored by the Great Frog today, of course. Um, wearing the jewels and, uh, yeah, very, very well, thank you, on this overcast, rainy Tuesday as we head into another fascinating fight week after an incredible week, this time last week. Um, it was all about to go off, and, and so it did. All under wraps, and then what did we get? The most amazing announcement of, uh, of fighting, if I could just use this prop, around the globe. Um, there we go, I just banged it by, by chance then under there. It's, and it's coming useful. That's my thumbnail sorted. Um, I suppose let's go into last week then before we uh, before we go into what we've got this week. Um, we had the press conference firstly December the twenty third. Turkey Alan Sheikh putting up um to have these events and obviously credited every single time. Uh, the first time we ever saw Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn on a press conference table together. Now important to note how. You know, some of these fights were spoke about, but thrown about with lawyers working diligently around the clock very, very quickly. I think within the space of five or six days, it sort of shows that if it's right and cooperation is necessary, then it will happen. Yeah, um, three words, money, timing and ego. Um, I've used them before with you. I just think it fits in the heavyweight division. You've got that kind of triangle of of success, if you like, Um you know, the, 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 the three things that bring all those fights together. I think it's about nine days to get that card together. Um, but um, obviously, that the, the December 23rd card was originally going to be Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk for the undisputed title. Well, that had to move, obviously. Fury, um, not in a fit state after the, the, the shock of the Nugano performance, and uh, not performance, but the shock physically that he, he took in that fight. Um, I thought they pulled it together incredibly quick. I think it was about two and a half weeks, actually, um, when I think about it now. Um, but it was ready at the weekend, that weekend. So an extraordinary job by everyone. Um, desire and willingness from, you know, of all the promoters. I think there's 12 promoters on the card and all that you can imagine all the managers there are involved in that, in that rundown. I think I counted 10 of the top 15 with the four sanctioning bodies and the heavyweight division are on that card. Wow. So, you know, you start with Wilder and Joshua and Hergovic and um, Arslan Bet-Makhmudov, Joseph Parker, um, kind of name them all, Frank Sanchez, Otto Wallin, uh, Gerald Miller. Um, who have I missed? Who have I missed? Adjit Kabayel. Adjit Kabayel. Um, um, that's Think about that. it. Yeah, yeah, but but you know that, that that's probably about ten. But you know when you think there were seven of the top ten on the uh, Battle of the Baddest card as well, including Fury, you know you, you you can see where they're going, and you can imagine the kind of card they're going to put together for February the seventeenth for um for the undisputed. So it, it's a phenomenal time for the heavyweight division, and 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 has really set up a marker of what's going on uh, in boxing right now. That you know. Um, I remember writing a piece when I was out at the Battle of the Baddest that, you know, about the Saudi Arabian takeover of heavyweight boxing. Well, we're, we're right in the midst of it now. 
um, and it's fascinating. I think it's good for the sports. I won't have anyone say it's bad for the sports because this is the kind of thing we want. We want the best fighting the best. And as you rightly say, to segue and to bring it into the round so that you can ask your next question, Charlie, um, uh, which um, is that to have Frank Warren and, and, and Eddie Hearn on the same dais together, talking cooperatively with both of uh, with with both Eddie Hearn and and um, Anthony Joshua on a Queensbury card because I don't think it's a matchroom um, event at all. It's it's a Queensbury and others. Um, it's great to see because that's the kind of cooperation we need to see in the division, and it's not before time. But the the stars have aligned, the the finances have aligned, and I think it's very very good for boxing. And hopefully, the sign of more to come between them as well down the weight divisions. Well, Anthony Joshua, clearly a key talking point off the back of that press conference clash with Jarrell Miller, obviously had his little uh, words exchanged with Otto Wallin up on the, uh, when they did the face-off there as well. Um, obviously refused to answer some of Dev's questions, said, you're not my promoter, and Eddie ended up doing that. What, what did you make of that? He was a, a big talking factor of that day. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Joshua's behaviour was unusual. It was fascinating, I think. He wanted to be the kingpin up there. In some ways, some people feel like he did. In other ways, other people felt like he didn't. Um, it was an unusual performance up there. Gerald Miller could trash talk in an empty room in front of a mirror, couldn't he? And he was earlier on in the night anyway, um, at Wembley Arena. And, and I think he was there to, 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 to razz it up a little bit. Um, you know, the, obviously, he's, he served his band for what he's done wrong. Um, and uh, he's he's lucky to be back, in my view, very lucky to be back in the frame. Um, he's a difficult fight for Daniel Dubois, by the way, if I just uh, digress into that. Um, he's That's a 50-50 fight for me with Dubois and Gerald Miller. Miller's very experienced, and I think he'll test him. Um, but we'll find out about Daniel Dubois in that fight. Really looking forward to that one. Um, well, I think what, what I understand I mean, I thought it was odd at the time when when Joshua said, I'm not going to answer your questions. I'm going to get my promoter to ask my questions. I, I understand it goes back to some kind of Twitter beef or comments made at each other or one to the other in, on social media. I haven't really taken much notice of that. I thought Dev handled, handled it pretty well. I thought it was a bit unusual by Joshua. But obviously he was trying to raise control um, for himself at that point. Didn't want to be asked certain questions. Um, and wanted Eddie Hearn to control that. I think it it looked a little bit odd, if I'm honest. Um, but you know, it was again, it was a talking point, and he's always a talking point, Anthony Joshua. Um, but I do think that the guy who commanded the stage really was Deontay Wilder when he spoke. I think he did command the stage. There's no question about it. Um, um, and it was good to see all these guys shaking hands, be involved with each other. I do hope if Wilder and Joshua win, that we do get that fight. It's an enticing, appetising contest. Um, and if, if we're going to get Fury and Usyk uh, in February, on February the 17th, and then this may be in March, I think that's fantastic, as early as March, then I think that's fantastic for the heavyweight division. You've got all four of the top four or five guys in action in that space of time, and they're all under the same umbrella, if you like, of Riyadh season, Saudi Arabia, the GEA, His Excellency Turkey Al Sheikh under one promotional umbrella. I think it's brilliant. 
you think this is as realistic as it's been in terms of seeing those fights? We know that we've sort of spoke about them. I think I spoke to you before this fight with Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder was first ever mentioned in 2015. We find ourselves now still discussing it for a potential clash where they would cross paths in 2024. But after seeing what we've seen last week, is this the most secure we feel about seeing AJ Wilder? I think it's five years in my estimation. I'm not sure it goes back to 2015. I think the last that... time it was Eddie Hearn spoke about it was 2015. Yeah, well, that's fine. But I think the actual talks have been about five. Oh years. yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, in terms of people throwing about the, the the talks about the fight. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I mean, when you look at it, of course, 2015. We've seen the evolution of this era. 2015 was when Fury beat Klitschko, I remember, as well. So it was a changing of the guard. We had Deontay Wilder as the WBC champion. We had Joshua coming, growing big in that time, wasn't he? I mean, I think, what was the IBF, 2017, 2016? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that was the beginning of this era, if you like, of these guys then in their mid to late 20s. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. There's no question that it's close. It's very close. Um uh, you know, the, the, there's there's the talk of the spanner with Hergovic um, and, and Joshua and the IBF title. But my understanding is behind the scenes. Um, I mean, I, I can't, I don't have a source for this necessarily, but my understanding is behind the scenes that there there is the deal here to make Fury uh, and, and, and Usyk fight each other and Wilder and Joshua fight each other, provided they win. Um, Joseph Parker is still going to be a test for Deontay Wilder. I see Wilder was the favourite, although he's only had was one it one twenty months? Yeah, about twenty months. So that that's a big factor. And he's pushing on forty now, isn't he? Thirty-seven or whatever he is. Um, uh, although it was great to be around him, I spent a little bit of time with him on my own as well when he was over. And you know that there there is a there is a great majesty within. Um, within Deontay and, and and I've long held the view that he should have been over here for the last two, three years, fighting five or six of our guys, bring Tally and the family over and bit base base yourself here. I've said to, said it to him on a few occasions. And you know, he's a star over here, which he isn't in America in lots of ways, in that crowded sport and entertainment and music landscape. So um he's got a tough fight against Joseph Parker. I see him as a favourite. Um Otto Valin it's going to be a tricky southpaw if he gets past the first five or six rounds and Anthony Joshua is not holding his metal. I'm delighted Anthony Joshua is working with Ben Davison. I think the timings are what's counted here as well because um, I think Derek James has probably taken up till the end of next week, say Monday, Monday week with um, Ryan Garcia against Oscar Duarte. Um, so that was probably ruling out a trip to Texas um, but I'm, you know, Ben, I've known six, seven years. And I think he's a brilliant coach, uh, brilliant trainer. I think he'll be great for Joshua mentally as much as anything. He was fantastic for Tyson Fury, living with him for 11 months, bringing him back from the brink, not letting him out of his sight, working with him as a friend, a mentor, a psychologist and a, and a coach. Um, you didn't think you're only going to have to ask two questions today, did you? Um, and then, uh, um, but, you know, it's all set up. It's a very exciting time, Charlie. Um, I, I think, you know, I can only praise what's what's happened from uh, the Saudi Arabians getting involved. I mean, I think it's phenomenal for, for heavyweight boxing and 
it's what we've needed. And, and I've said it all along. You, you know, we've spoken many, many times on and off the records. People that are hammering the division, hammering the promoters, hammering the fighters, they were all waiting for the right deal to fall into place. There's a big chess game going on. And now the board, the board is finally in place for, you know, the, the, the pawns are all set up. Uh, and the and the, the 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 moving parts with their weird algorithms are now able to 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 take place, and I do think we'll get the culmination of the the best fights of this era probably in the next sixteen to eighteen months. Well, Gareth, let me ask you on to, on the topic of one of those Fury Usyk. Is that there was so much talk behind the scenes as to you know the December twenty third date? We obviously know they're not going ahead of that now. It will take place in February. We saw that launch press conference. Alexander Usyk. I suppose you can't take too much from. I think we expected him to be like that at the press conference. Tyson Fury, very vocal, very animated, almost more so than usual but we know that it's been brewing he has he's been calling these sort of names uh and firing these names at Usyk for a long time now I remember when Usyk was ringside after that fight in Wembley that uh, was it Wembley with uh, it was Tottenham. Tottenham yes last time out so with Derek Chisora, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's been brewing um what did you make of what you saw from Tyson he was selling the fight he, he was doing his you know doing his big showman piece it was a little bit over the top but you know, he, he was just going for it. I mean, I saw him just before it. It was his calm as having his lunch. Um, I mean, cup of tea and his lunch um, upstairs in the on the on the balcony there at outer net. Um, I think he's just selling the fight. Um, you know, that I mean, I think he did want to impose himself physically on on you sit with the head going in when they when they went face to face. He's probably very frustrated with his last performance against Francis Ngannou. It's probably given him the sharpener. Um, but if he'd been very quiet through the whole thing, I don't think it would have sold like it did. It would, you know, the, the, the chat about Fury Nagano has gone on for two or three weeks. And now the chat about Fury's comportment in that press conference is, is, is the big talking point and, and, and how uh, gentlemanly Usyk was. But Usyk had got his little digs in afterwards when he does his piece. He's just not a guy given to trash talk. Fury's a kind of trash talk master. Um, I think there was a bit of humour in there as well. Um, you know, we've heard the sausage comments before and the ugly little middleweight things before. I mean, you know, maybe you could come up with a few more new lines. But um, I don't I don't think it was, and we probably will get those in the build-up, but I don't, it was just selling the fight. I think it was as simple as that. Um, and but, but what I do think was you could tell that he's really up for it and, and that um, you're right. I'm just moving location very quick. Okay. Um, is the cat come in or something, or the dog come in? The or... dog. The dog. Okay, okay. It's fine. A bit of barking dog in the background. Never hurt anyone. Um, okay, so you're in your dark room now. Fine. Um, so, but so basically, um, yeah, I think he was just selling the fight. Uh, and, uh, you know, people are going to comment. People comment about everything. I mean, if he hadn't made comments, people would have said he's too subdued now after Nagano. Fight. So it just is what it is. And what I made of it was that, um, you know, he, he wants this to be a big affair. Um, I don't think he's got an awful lot to fear with Alexander Rousseau. I think it's going to be a tremendous fight. I have a, a weird instinct that they'll draw the first fight. I just have this weird... Oh, I remember you saying that, yeah. 
it'll be a split draw and then uh, then they'll do a second fight. But um, Le- Lennox Lewis reckons that, that, that Fury should try and rush Usyk and jump on him. Uh, that's what he said to me when we were out at the um, the gala dinner on that night out in, in Riyadh at the Battle of the Baddest event on the Friday night. But I'm not sure about that. I think it's going to be a very tense, fascinating boxing match um, that'll be very, very close. Well, that is something that people have said over the years, that when we see that Fury Usyk undisputed fight, it may, it will be the one that we want to see, but will it stylistically be the most exciting fight? Who knows? That we'll find out in February. Lastly, from me, this week in Dublin, Katie Taylor walks first for the first time in her career. We know how much she's done for the sport, certainly on a female side of things and trailblazing. Um, she's really up against it this time. It's in Dublin. She's got that home crowd with her again. She's gonna know where she went from, uh, where she went wrong last time. But Chantel still bigger, stronger. Last time she went into the fight with a feeling that she could beat Katie Taylor. This time she knows she can beat Katie Taylor. Gareth, how do you assess Katie's chances? Well, it's a tough fight. I mean, I spoke to Katie um, last week and, you know, you know, as she said, resurrection's in my DNA. Great line. Um, we know that she's a deeply um, spiritual person and believes that, you know, that she can rise again from the loss. I mean, it's a very close fight. I don't care what anyone says. It was a very close fight last time. Majority decision, 96-94 twice for Chantel with a 95-95. And I... I Full disclosure, I did speak to Jamie Moore and Chantel afterwards. I don't think she was too pleased with me that I'd scored it a draw. Um, but it was it was just one of those very close fights. On the eye test, Chantel bossed the fight like a champion. Uh, she was brilliant, held her ground, um, was was solid the entire fight. You know, Katie looked ragged for the in the early rounds. It came back stronger. Um, I mean, I've picked Chantel Cameron to win again. I'm not absolutely certain about it. It's a difficult one to pick. Um, But the reason I've picked Chantel is I think Katie could have gone for this at lightweight, not light welter. Yawn away, Charlie, yawn away. Hey, Um, not just you. um, (laughs) um, um, In a sense, if if, if Katie had forced it down to, to lightweight, I think it would have suited her better because um, Chantel would have had to cut that weight. But at light welter, I still favour Chantel to put in the same kind of performance. Having said that, I think it's going to be a very, very close fight still. Having said that, Katie makes adjustments well the second time against an opponent, as we saw against Delphine Pursoon, which yeah. I had her losing by a round to Delphine Pursoon in the first fight in yeah. New York on the night that Anthony Joshua lost to Andy Ruiz. I think it was that night. Yeah, it was, um, yeah. Um, but I thought she was fantastic in the rematch at, at Matchroom Square Garden. Um, I don't, I'm not sure whether you were in the trade at that point. But, I wasn't. Um, well, I was ish, but not not. Well, I'm not even sure you were born at that point. But you, know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you hatched from an egg in about 2022. Didn't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> you're still a young dinosaur, yeah. Um, so so basically, um, I, I can see Katie winning. Uh, on points um, but I think Chantel will just have the edge again and I'm just I'm picking on who I believe will do it and I think it'll be Chantel again but it's a really good fight um, you've got to appreciate the fact that Katie Taylor's prepared to take a rematch straight away um, she's very bold I liked the look of her the other day 
She looked totally focused, but I think she's got to move more in this fight. Avoid, avoid um, really going toe to toe with Chantal. Just sting, zing, move, sting, zing, move, stick and move, stick and move all night. Let me pick up on that. We've sort of seen in the past Katie's been dragged into some of the wars, perhaps, where she's not necessarily needed to. I mean, we look back at that moments in that Serrano fight where they were just going and absolutely, you know, just going for dust against each other with no real purpose. People have always gone, well, Katie's not always needed to let herself get into these dogs. Yeah. Is it almost a discipline thing? We know that regardless of a loss here this Saturday, she still will be undisputed in the lightweight division, but those questions will be asked um, almost as if she's fighting for a career a little bit. It has to be a very disciplined performance. Yeah, discipline, but also going against her greater instincts, I think. That's the hardest thing for her yeah. is that, you know, um, she's not a hit and hit and not be hit kind of character. We've seen that her entire career. She loves a tear up. She's got an amazing uh, fast hand speed style. Um, but that, that's my concern for her at 140 pounds. She doesn't carry that power, if you like, that she carries at 135. Um, and, and Chantal is a particularly durable kind of fighter. Um, you know, a multiple martial artist and, and, and you know, just so solid. Um, like a, she's like a, a small tank, isn't she? You know, she, the way she's built and the way she fights. Um, so, you know, we, we saw her against Jessica McCaskill when she when she won the undisputed. She can take. Um, she, she's very smart in the pocket. She's very clever at fighting with her eyes up, which she's got a great radar. And I think she used that against Katie. She was very aware in the entire fight. She was. She's just looked great in her last few fights. Katie's got to hope that she can get ascendancy and momentum earlier on in this fight. It's 10 twos, remember? 10 threes or, or 12 twos would suit, would suit Chantal, in my view. Three-minute rounds would suit her. But I think Katie's got to be fast, act fast, win early in the rounds and get ahead and force Chantal to chase her more and then counter her. That's, that's the way I see it. I think Chantal will pip it again. I think it's going to be very close. Um, but I don't think it's career over because I think Katie will go down to lightweight and fight a Serrano or a, I don't know who else there is out there. Or a, uh, well, Tasha Jonas is at light middle now, isn't she? So um, I, I don't know. But I think I don't think it's career over. I just think it depends on the level of performance um, in this fight. It's certainly a great, great prospect. And I'm really looking forward, by the way, to Sky Nicholson and Lucy Wildhart as well. Mm. Got to know Lucy well. Spoke to Sky last weekend as well. That's a fascinating fight too. Um, Sky says she's going to sit down and her punches a bit more. And Lucy, Lucy's got a lot of power as well. She's come from different martial arts. Look what Lucy did on 36 hours notice with Michaela Meyer, you know? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Well, Gareth, always lovely speaking to you. I suppose just quickly on the back end of the year, we're sort of spoiled as boxing fans, aren't we? It's, it's every armchair fan's dream. We have. We've got Bam Rodriguez against Sonny Edwards to decide the number one. Am I talking flyweight in the world? My mind's going. Yeah, well, flyweight. Flyweight, yeah. Yeah. Um, look, really looking forward to that. Where's that? There's that Orlando. Arizona, Glendale. Arizona. Arizona. 16th of December, is it? 16th of December, Glendale. Just kick the globe again. Clear sign that it's... I don't like the globe. 
There's that got, it's 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 a present for someone. So oh. I've just got it under my desk. Um, it's so we've got that. We've got Haney um, Gray. Yeah, well, that's a really good fight. That's a really good fight coming up. Um, I think Pro Gray is going to really test Haney, but hey, if Haney's as elusive as he can be, might be a frustrating night for Regis. Mm. Um, although we all want him to draw Haney into a toe-to-toe. I don't think it'll happen. I think he's too smart for it. I think he'll just just get that. Um, I think the December 23 card's going to be amazing. Um, what else is there? That's about it, isn't it, for the year? Yeah, I think there's Belfast, isn't there? We know... Oh, um, Conlon and, McG- yeah. and, and Jordan, Jordan Gill. Really looking forward to that as well. Thank Good God, test well. For, for Conlon for his comeback. Yeah. Well, Gareth, always a pleasure, sir. I don't. When will I see you next, my friend? When will I see you? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I look forward to that moment very much, sir. Thank you, as always, for speaking to us at Boxing Social. Final message to the people Peace out. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.